Sportsbeat KC is Sportsbeat Live here on Friday, September 11th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and we're talking everything about the Chiefs' 34-20 victory over the Houston Texans in the opening game on Thursday. That is everything from the pregame demonstrations to the performance of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Patrick Mahomes, Legereus Sneed, and everybody else. We'll be talking to, in order of appearance on our postgame show, Pete Gradhoff, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, Kirby Teope and Vahe Gregorian, they had a lot to say, so let's get right into it. We are a couple hours after the uh, Chiefs' 34-20 victory over the Houston Texans, and we are here to talk about that game and everything that happened in the game, before the game, and what coaches and players said after the game. We're going to bring in all of the Chiefs' uh, writers. Herbie Teope will be here, Sam McDowell. Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger, all planning on checking in at some point tonight. But we're getting started with Pete Gradhoff, who um, watches every Chiefs game. I think probably has watched every Chiefs game for uh, many, many years and writes about them uh, uh, throughout the game. So, Pete, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. Nice win to start the season, huh, Blair? Yeah, it was a good good win. I, th- I thought a complete win. And I've got a list of uh, topics that I want to cover, and we'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to all of these. Let's start with the game itself, though, and start with the running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Listen, um, we all thought that he would be an effective running back. Um, we weren't sure, you know, exactly what we were going to get from him. There was no preseason. No, you know, a training camp that was different than any other ones that the Chiefs experienced. But, man, wow. Um, what did he finish with? 100, was it was 138 yards on – 139 yards on 20 attempts. Got into the end zone on a 27-yard touchdown that is probably the highlight reel play of the game for the Chiefs. I have to pick a star of the game, uh, every Chiefs home game. And um, it, it, you can always default to Patrick Mahomes, but – this time the call was uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Pete, what did you think of the guy? Well, you couldn't ask for anything more for a rookie. I mean, you hit on everything with the fact that he didn't – you didn't know what to expect, you know, because he, he didn't get in any – there were no preseason games. So fans didn't know what to think either. And, well, he showed he can make people miss, and uh, and he's not afraid to take contact. I think the only – you know, from Chiefs fan perspective, I think the only thing that might have been a little disappointing was that he didn't bullet in there towards the end of the game from uh, inside the five. But, you know, fans were fretting about that, and he's not going to show his best plays inside the five of a game they've got in hand. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. I, I He was fantastic. That's a good point, Pete, about the, uh, you know, about the preseason games. And the other thing, um, not getting in at the end, at the end I, I kind of – you know, put that on the backs of the offensive line as much as a guy like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, which brings me to the point, because we didn't see him in the preseason, and I didn't go to, you know, because of the limited number of media allowed at, at practices, I didn't get to see him practice. You know, he, he's small. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a small package, a dynamic package, but, but a small guy. And um, it's going to be tough for him to run through people he certainly showed the elusiveness, as you as you mentioned, the the the, the tackle missing ability, the cutback on the twenty seven yard run. That was 
that was just fantastic. And um, I just, he did so many good things tonight. I wasn't sure, you know, we got the, I thought it was interesting. He got the first attempt or the, the first snap of the chief season went to him. And so did the second and they just picked up five yards and I'm thinking, Oh, you know, are we going to see something? And then they got the 91 yard drive in the second quarter. And he had, I think I counted, he had 40 yards of that 91 yard drive and was from there, from then on, I was just, just wowed by the guy. What'd you think? Uh, it's 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 only one week, of course, but he sure has the makings of a, a guy who can can be kind of a, a workhorse for him. Um, like you said, they they really relied on him more than I think anybody would have expected in this game, right? Yep, it, for sure. It definitely seemed like the Texans didn't know what to expect either, and maybe tried to take away some of the other weapons. You know, the Chiefs got so many weapons on offense. You can't take them all away, and let's see what what the rookie can do. And well, he answered the bell—that's for sure. He he was incredible, just a great performance. And uh, it gets my game ball. So I got the stats in front of me: twenty-five attempts, one hundred thirty-eight yards, with the touchdown. Um, you know, I, I think we think of him as a guy who's going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. And he only caught, uh, he was targeted twice, didn't catch either one of them. One of them, I, I can remember one of them was uh, Mahomes under pressure and uh, just kind of threw it away. I don't remember the second target. I think that part of his game is something that we'll see improve as, as, the, season, as the season continues. Hey, okay. Hey, Sam McDowell has joined us. Sam, how you doing? What's going on, guys? Great to see Pete, especially. Wow. How about hey, that? Good to see what you, huh? Pete here, huh? <laughs> All right, so the, for the topic on the table for now, Sam, is Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the game that he had. Reasonable. Uh, I don't know. What, what superlative can you add to uh, to this? I mean, if he had done nothing else the entire rest of the game and just made that move on Justin Reed in the secondary, we'd still be having a conversation about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The safety has an angle on him there, right? And he just doesn't even come close to getting a hand on him with one quick burst. I, I just – his shiftiness was what was what stood out to me the most. There were times where we saw um, great views from NBC tonight where the hole was supposed to be in one spot and he shifted a couple of notches to the right or to the left and for, for cutbacks and sometimes for cutovers to cut a couple holes over past where the run was designed to go. I just think his shiftiness is incredible. Well, and that's something we didn't see from Damian Williams. Damian Williams had a lot of skills, right? A great skill set. He was caught the ball out of the backfield. You know, he was star in the Super Bowl last year. Has been a great playoff running back for for the Chiefs, and um, numbers can't be denied. But Clyde Edwards-Helaire brings an ability to this team that Damian Williams did not. Damian Williams had a couple of touchdown runs of what ninety-one and eighty-four yards. Yeah, he had some strength and speed, yeah. Yeah, I, listen, I, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is capable of that type of play in addition to everything else he can do. He's a, I think Clyde Edwards – I mean, Damian Williams, I always I always thought – I mean, as you know, Blair, I talked about it, I feel like, every week on, on this this medium um, that uh, Damian Williams was a great fit for this offense because he, he could protect the quarterback, which is job number one, as, as, as Sam Mellinger would tell you, Sam 1.0 will tell you, is the job of everybody for – job – Number one for everybody on this team is to protect the quarterback. But he also could catch out of the backfield really well. 
and he was okay with not getting 20 carries a game. You didn't hear him complain about that. So I always thought he was a great fit. But but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be a really good fit for a, a bit of a different reason. They've got enough home run threats on this team. I don't know if he's got the the straight line speed that he's going to be rattling off, like you mentioned, those 91-yard runs that we saw from Damian Williams. But it seems like he's going to be a guy that can get seven and eight you know, every time he touches the ball, in which case when you've got Patrick Mahomes lining up on second and two, second and three, it's a whole lot of options for Andy Reid. Absolutely. I mean, the, the type of options that, that uh, they didn't have with uh, you, you've basically added a, you know, an individual star at running a potential star at running back to the stars that you have at wide receiver and at tight end. And, just another weapon for for Andy Reid. So, you know, my, you know, a lot of people are wanting to talk uh, talk to us about the the, um, the pregame and what's going on, and we will do that. We're going to get to that. I wanted to get through the game first. Sure. Um, so, as soon as the game was over, and I'm thinking about the things that I want to say and write about, the, the, the one thing that occurred to me was the Chiefs under with Patrick Mahomes we've always felt confident that they can outscore an opponent, right? That, that Patrick Mahomes' strong arm and his elusiveness and throwing against his body and doing all the crazy things that Patrick Mahomes can do, he can bail them out of any situation. And he's done that, right, in his two years and now one game as a starter. But tonight, I thought they won the game with defense and a running game. When was the last time we said that about the Chiefs, that they won a game against a good opponent by playing good defense and running the ball as effectively as they did? That, to me, is a complete offense, or complete game for this uh, Chiefs team. Yeah, I don't know. You said that about, I'll just interject quickly. When's the last time you said that about any Andy Reid coach team? Right. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think you're right, Pete. I mean, especially during the Patrick Mahomes era, I don't think I literally don't think we we've ever been able to say that those were their two strengths in a football game. Now, Patrick Mahomes played well, and I, I think his biggest strength was the home run threats weren't there tonight because of the defensive coverages that the Texans were playing, especially deep cover twos, and he didn't go for it. He, he just took what the defense gave him, and that's why you saw Travis Kelsey out of a big game. That's why you saw Sammy Watkins have a big game. But you're right, Blair. I, I think. With what we saw from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire tonight, it overshadows how good the defense was for at least three and a half quarters. They weren't great on the first drive. I, I, I kind of thought this game was a microcosm of what we saw just in, in last season, except for the adjustments this time came in the middle of the game. Well, how about you know the, the, the Texans score first uh, to make it seven to nothing, and then they don't score again for four possessions, and in that time the Chiefs go 31 unanswered. And then it makes it 31 to seven. This is against the Texans team that ran up 472 yards against the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium in the regular season and put up another 450 or so against them in the, the playoff game. And tonight uh, they end up with 360 total yards, but 145 of that came after the game was out of hand. And I don't know if you guys listened to Tyron Matthew after the game. But, you know, he was asked about it. He was you know, I was I was all prepared to praise him for the the job the defense did, and Sam, our buddy Sam Mellinger did that or tried to get him to talk about what a great job he thought the defense did, and Tyron Matthew was having none of it. You know, he said he was uh, pissed off about the way the defense played, and I'll tell you what, if he's going to take that attitude against what I think was one of the better defensive performances we've seen uh, under you know in the Steve Spagnola era, then I kind of like that. You know, I, I think that bodes well for, for the Chiefs' potential on defense. 
It's, it's four minutes shy of midnight, Blair. We have to say he's ticked off for four more minutes. First. Oh, right. <laughs> right. That's right. Friday rules are not. Uh, <laughs> but, but go ahead, Pete. Oh, I, I'm surprised to hear Tyron say that. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson was a total non-factor in my mind. The Chiefs, he didn't break off any long runs. He, you know, he, he didn't make any really outstanding passes. I, I just, to t they kind of neutralized him, which I don't think anybody expected would happen. I think coming into the game with no preseason, I kind of thought the offenses would have more of it in the game. And the Chiefs okay. kind of did what they wanted there in the big chunk of the game, but the Texans couldn't move the ball. And that's, that's all credit to the chiefs. Uh, Chris Jones had a great game as well. I thought. I did too. Okay. Was there, was there a key moment in the game? Was there a key sequence, a key play turning point? Uh, when you look back on this one, what, uh, um, where, where did this game turn in favor of the chiefs? Um, Sam, what do you think? Um, I wanted to first say you saying that they were up thirty-one to seven. I didn't think of this during the game, but they ended the last time they played these guys. Uh, they scored fifty-one of the final fifty-eight points in that game. <laughs> That's what they were on. What an, an eighty-two to, to fourteen streak against these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Texans have to be tired of seeing this team, and they're not going to advance to the to the spots in the postseason without seeing this team. I don't think. Um, but but to get to your question. To me, the play of the game for sure was the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire touchdown. That was the, the play that made you just say, whoa, look, look at what just happened in this game. And, and because of the way the Texans play defense, I think possibly the only one that really made you think that. Although if DeMarcus Robinson had come up with that, the, his second drop touchdown pass, I think we would be talking about that Patrick Mahomes throw. Quite well, a bit yeah, that, that was incredible. That was, a, that was a highlight, the throw, even though it wasn't caught. Yeah, I'm just going to go back to when it was 14-7 uh, Chiefs and the Texans were kind of driving. The defense stopped them and made them try a 51-yard field goal yeah. that they missed. Uh, the Chiefs went down, kicked the field goal at the end of the half, then got the ball and scored on the uh, on Clyde's touchdown. To me, that was that was kind of a turning point, too. It could have been a 14-10 game going into halftime instead of 17-7. I thought there was a um, kind of a – maybe a mood swing in the game early when the chiefs went for a fourth and one in the fourth in, in the first quarter to keep alive their, their first touchdown drive. And I believe it was on the Texans next possession. They didn't go for a fourth and four at midfield. And I know Chris Collinsworth made a big deal of it on the broadcast, but I just think at that point, uh, maybe that came later in the half. I don't exactly remember. There weren't many possessions in the first half because the chiefs went you know, 16 plays and 91 yards on the on that one drive. But I just think, you know, the, the Chiefs showed, showed some boldness and I played the percentages. And I think this team is always going to go for a fourth and one. And uh, Bill O'Brien and, and the Texans with a, with a chance to, you know, with, with a quarterback who's the second highest paid player in the game and and with weapons on, on his side, uh, decided to punt. And that did set up the Chiefs. 91-yard uh, drive that, that put him ahead. So I don't know. To me, that's when the kind of the mood of the game swung. I just thought that Chiefs are playing to win this thing and the Texans, you know, playing the percentages. And I'm just not sure this is a, a against this offense that you can play the percentages in this way. Hey, let me make another point here I wanted to ask you guys about. Um, one of the things we talked about, look, this is a good chemistry team. There's There's no dissension at all. But you do wonder, by adding a star like Clyde Edwards-Alaire 
And to a team that has Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Nicole Hardman, are there going to be enough, you know, plays for everyone? And I just thought tonight was a great example of how that can be made to happen. You, you dominate time of possession. You, you run more plays than your opponent. That gives you time to get the ball to Travis Kelsey, you know, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and, uh, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And it's, you know, it's not coincidence. They each got into the end zone tonight. So we haven't talked much about the, the, the efficiency of the offense outside of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But I thought, you know, you're right, Sam. I thought Patrick Mahomes kind of had a quietly good game. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I mean most of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's touches are going to come from, when you look at just last year's numbers, from Damian Williams, Shady McCoy, um, Darwin Thompson got, had one game where he led this team in yards and carries. That's where most of his touches are going to come from. They might run the ball a little bit more, but I still think this is more about what the Texans were doing. And by the way, the Texans defended them a lot differently than they defended them in the playoff game last year. So I think even more of it came from them saying, if you guys don't get out of this defense, we're just going to keep running, keep running, keep running, keep running. And why fix something that's broken? Not not broken. <laughs> yeah, they've, they don't need to have the 70-yard touchdown pass. And that, that's how you can hold on to the ball and distribute it to more people if you're not throwing those long passes all the time. And the Texans weren't going to allow them to, to have those deep balls as much as they, they have in the past. And so, hey, we'll take what you're going to give us. And if that's a 16-play drive and go 91 yards, that's that's devastating to a defense as well. Yeah, and I mean, Tyreek Hill knows how he's being defended. I mean, that's an important point in that conversation. Is I mean, he, he knows that he's being double teamed every time he runs a deep route. He he's not a guy that's going to be expecting to, to hey throw it to me anyway. Um, he did get his touchdown, which I think is important, probably yeah. in the conversation as well. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Adam Rawlings asks, were y'all as impressed with uh, Legereus Sneed as I was? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. First of all, we, we didn't know he was going to start, right? I mean, that's Sam, that was kind of a surprise, wasn't it? I, th- I think I think I thought he would start in, um, be- just because I thought that the Texans were going to run so many three, re- three and four receiver sets. I thought he was going to be on the field for all of those. But I thought in the two receiver sets, yeah, I thought maybe we'd see Fenton on the outside rather than LeJerry Sneed. And, you know, one of the reasons I- I'm shocked is we didn't see him in preseason, so we didn't have the chance to, to see what he could do. But I also think the other hand of that is – the Texans didn't see what he could do either in preseason. We've talked about all the disadvantages of not having preseason, especially for the young guys. I think we saw an advantage of it tonight. They tried to pick and pick and pick on a guy who should not have been picked on tonight. And we saw once Charverius Ward went out, which we should mention, I mean, that, that that's a big injury for this team. He's got a hand fracture 
Don't know how long he's going to miss, but he's going to miss some time with a hand fracture. They're going to reevaluate it tomorrow, probably get the nature of the seriousness of that. But that that's going to put even more weight on a fourth-round rookie's shoulders. But tonight he showed he can handle it. He did. He got the interception. Um, Tyron Matthew got set it up for him with the with the pressure on on Deshaun Watson. Made it in and you know a jump ball type of, of, of interception to for Legarius Sneed. Used his four three speed to get down the field and and set up another score on that uh, interception return. The first takeaway for the Chiefs this year. Really need to see a rookie cornerback get a get a pick in his first game. So. Let's talk about the, the, the secondary. Um, yeah, Traverius Ward, uh, let me go through the injuries real quick, uh, what we know. Um, uh, Kalen, uh, Colin Saunders out with a, uh, you know, with, with a dislocated elbow. Uh, Alex Okafor with a, a mild hamstring, we understand. And, of course, Legereus Sneed with the fractured hand. Sure. Don't know the extent. I guess in a couple of days we find out from Andy Reid what the extent of the injuries are, but all of them left the game and didn't return. And I, I, I suppose I thought going into these NFL openers that we would see some injuries. They just haven't been able to hit uh, as much as they would have if they'd had preseason uh, action. So um, of, of those three, it looks like, look, the Chiefs have some depth at defensive end um, uh, and defensive tackles a little bit thin though. Right. Uh, so, Let's talk about that, Sam. Defensive tackle with, uh, let's say, Saunders is out for a while, and um, and and, and uh, the secondary with uh, Legere Sneed out. Yeah, I mean, you've got Mike Pinnell missing one more game as part of his suspension. Then you'll get him back. But you know, we saw a lot of uh, Turk Wharton in there um, from the very SEC undrafted rookie after Colin Saunders went out. Um, I, I'm not a doctor, but Andy Reid said tonight that. The dislocated elbow did not have other damage, so it could have been worse. So I think he was sort of signaling that this is not of the season ending nature that they will send. Colin Saunders also tweeted that he will be back soon. Um, so whatever news we got, he was pretty pleased with it. It looked bad, so maybe that's why he was pleased with it to say, hey, you, you've got a shot at coming back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're going to be thin at that position for a little while again. After seeing some rookies tonight, that's another spot. I think all of a sudden you're going to see some rookies get some playing time. And one more rookie that we haven't mentioned also on that defensive line, uh, Mike Dana played a lot tonight. And he was gonna, he had some pressures and hurries tonight. He, he's, he's got to finish plays. You know, and, of course, finishing a sack against Deshaun Watson, one of the hardest guys in the league to do it against. But um, he made some things happen tonight too, I thought. Yeah, and look, he is – Deshaun Watson is an elusive quarterback, but he does get sacked a lot. He led the NFL his first he, full season. He's hold on to it for a long time. I mean, he, he does. Has- he tends to hold on to the ball for quite a long time. I thought the Texans did a pretty good job earlier in the game of, you know, have, getting the ball out of his hand and and, um, and 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 being able to elude the Chiefs' pressure. But as the game went on and as the, the Texans fell further behind, that just wasn't available to to him the way uh, the way it was early. So. Um, how about hey. hey, Sam? Good to see you. Sam Mellinger joins us. How are you, buddy? What's up, guys? That's it, right? What's that? That's it. That's it. Show's over, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. We've covered uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire, the defense, uh, Legereus Sneed, uh, spreading the wealth on offense. Um, a couple of people have asked about Willie Gay and his, uh, you know, his game tonight, his snaps, I guess I need to see a little bit more of of, of game film because I, I don't know how many snaps he ended up getting tonight. Um, how many? 
yeah, I did. I did certainly didn't notice him. Uh, so we'll we'll check that out. He was not inactive. Uh, Taco Charlton was inactive, which I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, I imagine he'll come off the inactive list for uh, for next week. But uh, one thing, one place we haven't gone, Sam, is the is the pregame, the protest, the national anthems. Uh, you were you were at the game and sitting in the press box. You were there. Um, let, let's go through just what you saw and what you heard, and starting with the, um, the 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 black national anthem, I guess is what it's called now, where the Chiefs lined up, um, you know, along the the end zone, right, shoulder to shoulder, and the Texans left the field for that. So, um, what was what was the press box talk about that? Um, it was strange. Um... I thought that, that the Texans weren't there and I'm sure, you know, they've, they've got an explanation that, that they said on their post game that uh, I wasn't in on because I was, you know, obviously doing the chiefs, but um, it, it was a weird moment. You know what I mean? Like you just don't see everything about <laughs> right now and everything about this game was weird. Um, but you know, you just, those things don't happen very often. Um, and it was, it was very quiet when they were doing it, um, you know, you could tell that this was a thing that people, most of the people here, I'm sure were anticipating. Um, the ones who weren't could certainly see that something else was, was going on. The, um, Alicia Keys on the song is, I mean, she's incredible. Um, my God. What about Andy, Andy Reed praised her after the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Andy Reed knows his, uh, anthem singers too. Right. Uh, when is his, his daughter that, that did one last yeah, year? That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, when, when it was over, um, there were cheers. Like you know, I, like don't get this twist. I mean, there, there were certainly uh, cheers, but there was also some boos. And and I know that at least on Twitter, I've seen people say like that was Chiefs. You know, Chiefs. You know, not boos. Um, look, I've I've been to a few games. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a difference between I've heard a lot of boos here, uh, and and I've heard a lot of Chiefs. There's a difference, and um, and, and there there was both. And I, I don't want, I'm sure that in some places this is going to get, you know, relayed that everybody was just raining down booze and, you know, uh, whatever. That That's not what it was, but it was rather striking to, you know, after a, a what I thought was a thoughtful, um, you know, considered uh, display of unity um, that, that you have some people booing. And, uh, and it happened again. Um, and, and the second time it happened, when, when the teams lined up um, kind of midfield just before kickoff, um, I didn't hear those boos actually from, from where I was at. Uh, but, you know, I did see the videos, and, and it's pretty clear there. The, the Chiefs, I think this is notable um, over and over. Uh, I think Andy did it, uh, Mahomes, Matthew. Maybe I'm forgetting about somebody. Um, Herbie's on here now. He, could, he can tell me if I'm forgetting about somebody. But they all basically said – uh, I was too locked in, you know, I didn't hear yeah. that. And, and I think that was, you know, from a PR standpoint, um, probably smart, but it, it did happen for sure. Oh, absolutely. We certainly heard it in the press box. Like we all looked at each other. Was that booing? And sure enough, it was, it was absolutely blueing. Yeah. Yeah. I know that uh, Vahe and I, you know, were listening to replays and, and had our ears, you know, as close to the, uh, you know, to, speakers we could and it, it was i mean I, you're right sam we, we've all been there and heard you know after the national anthem choose um and we've heard many boos and 
those were those were not uh, those were not chiefs peers at the time. However, and I made it a point um, that many more cheers and the cheers were audible after the the, the moment of unity. Uh, yeah. The locked arms where Mahomes and Watson were together, and uh, Andy Reid was a part of that, and JJ Watt. So I, I don't know. I, I know that the the social media being what it is, um, the, the the fans took a beating tonight on social media. What what do we make of that? I, mean, that, I think that's what comes with the platform, right? I mean, I think that's what comes with you know the most watched game since the Super Bowl. Right. Um, you know, I, I would assume by a bunch. I mean, this was people, <laughs> me included, um, us included, all of us, I think, have just been starved for NFL football. And um, I, I just I think that's what comes with the platform. I do think it'll probably be exaggerated, uh, you know, sort of the, the ratio of, of booze to cheers, if that matters. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? It happened. You got to go back a couple of years ago. And, and if y'all would definitely remember this. The, the sickening and disgusting incident here with Eric Winston, and obviously I'm talking about the Matt Castle injury, where there were some fans who booed. And I think that's what happened here. It was just probably a pocket of fans. And it, it, unfortunately, all the Chiefs fans are now being cast into this light that everyone booed. And that's not the case at all. Because like you said, Blair, you and Vahe, and, you know, we did hear some cheering as well. So it, it shouldn't reflect on the entire fan base, but it's unfortunately that the, the few that did decide to boo, it takes me back to when Matt Castle was injured and you had a few people booing and right. the entire Chiefs fan base took a pounding. Right, right. Okay, let's get to a couple questions. And these, uh, these would be for Sam and Herbie since you were there. Chris Boone asks, was there any artificial noise pumped in? There was some talk about that. Um, I know that on the, the, on the broadcast, uh, Al Michaels and Collinsworth both were um, you know, praising the, the noise of the, of, the, of the Arrowhead crowd. But uh, did you guys notice any artificial noise pumped in? I don't know. I did not. I could. Yeah. yeah I um, that's not to say it didn't happen, um, but that's not what I heard. But um, I, I do think this uh, 15,985, I think, was the announced crowd. Yeah. And uh, the per capita noise was very high. Uh, you know, they, 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 they showed up. They sure did. Yeah. Hey, hey Bahe Florian has joined us. What's up, What's up buddy? Hey, y'all. It's, uh, uh, it's nice to see half your face, Herbie. That's about as much as I want to see. Hey, uh, unlike Sam, I'm following the Arrowhead press block rules about mask on at all times. And they just yelled down the hallway, hey, welcome to a COVID environment. They just yelled down the hallway, 29-minute warning. They're going to close in 29 minutes. <laughs> all right. There's our deadline. Uh, Bahe, we, we've covered a lot of bases. We just finished talking about um, uh, about the pregame. Let's let's continue that conversation with you. Uh, I know that's what you wrote about, and that's what uh, that will appear online if it's not already there on KansasCity.com. What was your, what was the tenor of your column? You know, I honestly, I I I, I felt like a kick in the gut from that. From, from what happened with, with the booing, particularly during the moment of unity. Um, it just, there was something about it that just, um, that, that really hit me. And I, I really couldn't believe it. I had to keep kind of trying to listen to make sure that I, it really was what we, what could be heard. And, and um, it just makes, it just makes me sad. So I just felt like I, I needed to write about that. Honestly, it's kind of uh, uh, hung over me uh, 
you know, over over the result of the game even it just it just felt like that kind of thing to me and uh you know it's one of these curious situations where um you know Blair and I I don't know if you talked about this Blair but you know we watched here at the paper and maybe it would have felt different uh maybe it would have felt more harsh or more strange at the game but um to see it out here in TV land it it, it didn't go away for me during during the game so I don't know if you guys felt like that, but that, 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 was, that was how I felt. Well, let me say this. One thing that we noticed just because we watched it on television, so we were paying attention to the halftime with, uh, with Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy, and they didn't address it, not that part, not the booze. So the, whatever national perspective from this is coming pretty much from, at least tonight, right, uh, on a national level, is coming from, from social media. And it was, maybe it was, on, it was on it was on ESPN after the game. Scott oh, Van, okay. Scott well, and the and the other thing that's that's kind of interesting, of course, is that um, uh, either they were being gracious or there had been some uh, uh, decision made to not really discuss it. But I thought it was a little interesting that the Chiefs, uh, to a man, afterwards said they didn't notice it. Um, it just uh, it seemed a little funny to me the way the way that went. And I'm I, you know, I, I don't um, I'm not saying they, they shouldn't take the high road and avoid it. I just but I just thought it seemed a little a little funny to me and maybe just not something they wanted to process right away. Then the other thing I do want to say that to, to be sure that, that, that this resonates is that uh, it's quite obvious from whether you guys from in the stadium or, or out here watching that the vast majority of fans didn't do that. Um, but, but there were enough of them that did it, that it, uh, that it troubled me. Blair, just to get in a couple of the, um, because the people that did acknowledge it, I, I think it's important. Patrick Mahomes said he did see the videos afterwards and I thought he had a really good quote on it. He said, um, we just wanted to show unity. We wanted to show we're going to come together and fight the good fight. I hope our fans will support us like they do in the game every single day. And then JJ Watt, completely acknowledged because the film was unfortunate at that moment. I don't understand that. There was no flag involved. There was nothing involved other than the two teams coming together to show unity. And to me, that's what stood out about it. I mean, this this topic has become a debate based on the flag and the national anthem. And one of the things these guys did was separate that from what their demonstration was going to be and for it still to cause some sort of division. That's the disappointing part to me. It, yeah, I, I like that point too, Sam. And I in what I in what I wrote, I, I tried to make the point that they were this was a clear they wanted to make statement, but it was also a clear effort to sort of compromise of source, right? To find some some ground that would not be perceived as uh, controversial, inherently controversial, and you know it's a debate in itself about whether that should be controversial about kneeling during the anthem, but. Yeah, I, I, I just thought they were people determined to vent, and, uh, and they did. Okay, let's, uh, since we got Herbie, Sam, and Baje here, let's, uh, as we start to wind down, let's circle back to the game a little bit. Um, uh, Terrence Wardle Robinson makes a point, a really good one. It was a good night for rookies uh, on this team, wasn't it, Herbie? Um, not just uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, but uh, others made an impact. What uh, What's, what's your observation on that? Well, obviously, we know Edward Jolaire. The, the, the numbers, the production, the stats speak for themselves. The, the guy was simply amazing. He's everything 
that he was billed to be a fantastic fit for Andy Reid's offense. We can't speak enough about luxurious sleep. You know, coming into this game, and it, it, it caught a lot of this by surprise. We were actually expecting Fenton at the right cornerback spot, and it was Sneed who got the start, which kind of like we should have known better because in training camp he was getting a lot of reps there uh, with the ones. But I thought he had a phenomenal game, and he's certainly going to be needed now, now that you have Shaveris Ward, Sam's guy, out with a fractured hand. And this is a position they are now precariously thin at. You know, you've got Bashad Breeland – one suspension down, so he has three more games to go, and no telling how long Ward's going to be out. You're probably going to see a lot of free agency action here happening very soon. How about um, uh, we did not see Willie Gay much tonight, but uh, special, you know, yeah. What um, and Mike Dana though did play. We got some Mike Dana, uh, and Bo uh, Pete Keys was inactive along with Taco Charlton. So um, I, I think probably more from first-year players, rookies tonight than uh, than I expected. They're going to need them, though. You know, and, and I think by them coming out here and showing what they were able to do against a playoff, a perennial playoff team in the Houston Texans, they, they, they held their own. LeJarrius Sneed, when that play he made against Brandon Cooks, that reminded me so much of what we saw at their camp when he was locked up on Tyreek Hill. Two speedsters going at it down the, down the sideline, and he stayed with them. And then to, for him to make that play on Brandon Cooks, a guy who has four 1,000-yard receiving seasons to his name. That really says a lot about him. And Tyron Matthew, after the game, said that he was impressed. He was excited for, for uh, LeJarrus Sneed. Matt O'Connor reminds us, don't forget about the punter holder, uh, Tommy Townsend. I thought he had an opportunity. He, he got one inside the, the five and, uh, and, and, and missed one. His first one had a chance to cough and corner that and didn't get a chance to do it. But uh, but it looks like he was clean on the hold for Harrison Butker's uh, Kicks. Hey, hey, Sam uh, Mellinger. Just uh, let's let's just go through the offense real quick to to help close it down. I thought that um, the Chiefs did a great job kind of distributing the wealth tonight. Not you know we're going to talk a lot about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's going to be the story that comes out of this game. But Pete and I were were talking just to be to begin this uh, conversation tonight. I thought Mahomes was pretty quietly effective. If, if Mahomes could ever be quietly effective. But, you know, really nice passer rating, not a great number of total yards. Um, the, the opportunities downfield weren't there for him, but distributed the ball well. When you get your star players in the end zone, it seems to make all of them pretty happy. Yeah, this is something they talked about um, after the game a lot in a, in a few different ways is that, you know, the Texans played a different defense tonight um, than they have in the past. And it was a lot of um, there's a lot of cover two and it was, you know, uh, <laughs> cover two on 10, right? Like a cover two on on Tyreek Hill to keep him from from going downfield. Um, and it sort of worked. I mean, I don't know. Was, you know, the Patriots have done that in the past, so, you know, take away that guy. Uh, but. Um, Andy Reid used a word uh, maturity for Patrick, and he said, you know, we can call these plays where maybe the first read um, is downfield on, on a big hit, but we know that he's not going to force that pass, that, that he's going to see what's actually playing instead of what he's expecting and, and check down. Um, remember when check down was like a cuss word uh, around here, right? And, uh, and now it just means like efficiency. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they've got, I think what you saw was uh you know kind of what a lot of us have been talking about right it's it's a crazy talented offense um and edwards hilaire just adds to that and i thought i i, I we talk a lot about the skill position guys and we should they're incredible 
Uh, but the offensive line showed out tonight. I mean, they, they were they were great. They were great. What, what it was it? One sack, I think. Um, and in the run game, they were terrific. Early. I mean, Edwards Hilaire earned it. You know what he got, and and he was great. But he had some holes, and and that's an offensive line that that hasn't always been you know great in the run game. And and they really were tonight. They beat the che- or they they beat the Texans up. Um, offense and defense, I thought they they were you know I, I think about it like this, right? Like the the Chiefs are almost always going to be the faster team uh, when they play. And if they can be the stronger team, the more physical team like they were tonight, then, uh, you know, I don't know what you do with these guys. You can make a case that on the uh, on that 91-yard touchdown drive that the, uh, you know, Edward Delaire had a lot, like, almost half of the yards on that. But the MVP of that drive was Kalichi Assembly. He was mm-hmm. the one that was uh, opening up holes and, and doing a really, really good job on that on that drive especially. So that's, I think that's a good point, Sam. Um, I, I know that after the game, some of the Chiefs talked about the, the inability to punch the ball in the end zone when it was, uh, you know, when they were up uh, comfortably. I think that always has something to do with it. When when you've got a multi-touchdown lead and, you're, you know, you've got to show grit and determination in the red zone, I sometimes it's just not there the way it would be if it were a tie game or a score game. So – just didn't happen. All right, um, let's let's um, let's uh, go to one more question here. Matt O'Connor was D. Rob disappointing? I said he was in, in a story for tomorrow. Would uh, you know had an opportunity to get into the end zone twice? What what did we make a t- uh, uh, Demarcus Robinson's game, Herbie? Well, <laughs> absolutely, it should have been Demarcus Robinson's game. But you know what? He's a pro, and you you got to shake that kind of stuff off there, and. and that first touchdown, I don't know if he would have caught it. It, hit, it looked like it hit the ground, but the second one certainly should have been caught. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, guys, great chat. Um, I want to thank Pete Gradhoff for batting leadoff today, Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope, Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian for joining us. We will be back Thursday to talk about the Chiefs playing the L.A. Chargers, and I think I have this right in the fourth different stadium in five years uh, <laughs> for the Chargers. Um, so we're going to break down the game for you then. We'll have more to say about what happened tonight. So thanks to you guys. Thanks to Beth Welsh for producing. We are out of here, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, thanks Blair. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to the gang that stopped by last night and talked Chiefs football. Pete Gradhoff, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, Herbie Teope, and Vahe Gregorian. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. And that includes the Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There's more than 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details are at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. Whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with a new episode.